the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. My mic oh, <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> oh, a few little hiccups there. That's okay. Good way to start the week, uh, especially when you compare it to how the stock market's going. Uh, the uh, interesting. I mean, it's it, to me, it's always interesting. You know, when most people say it's different this time, and when they're saying it's different this time, they're trying to defend why something's going very well, and uh, um, they don't ever say it's different this time when. It's, <laughs> When it's going down, it's 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 the panic sets in, and you know, I'm, and I'm telling you, don't panic. There's there's no need to panic. Panic doesn't really help. And taking action in your portfolio, the only thing you should be doing right now is checking on the positions that you have. If you're not sure about them, you know, call your advisor, ask them. You know, why are we holding this? And, and they mine call me constantly. So and and I get it. Because there's an awful lot of stuff that you've got to remember when you're putting together a portfolio. Um, why is this particular fund in there? Well, because it's in the top 50 stocks out of all 3,000 stocks large enough to be included in an index who's got profitability, whose share prices are uh, outperforming the others, whose pro- uh, dividend yield is in the highest of the, the that group, and it's got a, uh, a long history of return on assets, which is kind of a uh, feature I like to see. That's also in the top 100. So a bunch of criteria. That's basically how you're picking the stocks. And it's kind of, if you've been doing this for a long time, it's common sense. If not, you know, that I was thinking a lot about that this week. What do people do, especially the kids coming around out of college? I, I, you know, my... I know three girls that just graduated from college with honors and they were in finance and I started asking them some questions and they didn't, they didn't really know the answers. 
Um, it, so I was really shocked by that. Not that they have to, because I knew they knew enough to be able to look it up quickly, especially with Google these days. <clears throat> but I was kind of surprised that you know they they didn't know that off the top of their head. Um, but you know I don't know what the curriculums are these days. And uh, uh, typically, unless you were in this business, you're probably not going to be looking at that stuff anyway. So um, kind of a, uh, not that big a deal today. You can look almost anything up if you don't understand a definition. There's a website out there called Investopedia. Um, I think if, if you don't understand financial statements, I'll tell you what, one of the better books, in my opinion, on for beginners especially, is uh, Accounting for Dummies. That That's really a good book. I mean, it's, it's well, well written. I can say that. <laughs> Very well written. It's got a, uh, it'll give you the basics. Uh, it covers it, you know, in plain language. You can sit there between that and Investopedia. You can actually become a pretty good investor without spending a whole lot of money. And uh, I think that that's kind of cool. The next, uh, and we're going to have a seminar, by the way. It's going to probably be the, the latter part of September. Um, the latter part of September, we'll start the seminars again uh, this year. That'll be the first one of the year. First one since the pandemic shut everything down. So uh, stay tuned for that because we'll, you know, we'll go over this kind of material. I I think it really helps more than anything. People today uh, that are pulling out of markets and a lot of people are it's, and you know, I guess old habits are hard to break. They're selling low and buying high, uh, which is the opposite of how you're supposed to do that. (laughs) And I have a solution to that. And it's relatively simple, and it's called rebalancing your portfolio. One of the other things, because interest rates are so low, they are creeping up. In fact, second 15 minutes of this, second segment of this show, 15-minute blocks, there are three of them, uh, the second segment, we're going to talk about that fixed income and where the better places are to be looking right now. And you... Probably you need to have a fairly significant amount of money in fixed income if you're within five years of retirement. You know, if you're within ten years of retirement, and not not as much. I would say probably twenty five to thirty percent of your assets should be in fixed income. The other sixty five to seventy percent of the assets should be in diversified stock portfolios um, because fixed income's not paying enough to keep up with inflation and taxes. That's the only reason we use fixed income is to keep the volatility down, to keep the fluctuation down. And it gives you some dry powder. You go in every other year or so, take a look at it. And when I say every other year, people are going, you mean you're not looking at it every day? Yeah, I'm looking at it every day. I just know better than to try to do anything unless certain things are happening, which don't happen very often and haven't happened yet. Um, but you're better off waiting uh, and the uh, rebalance period that actually has come back the best over the research that I've done, it's actually every other year. And I'm not sure why. Um, I've got a really expensive software package that has every mutual fund, every stock, every annuity uh, in the country in it. It's from Morningstar. You know, it's, it's very expensive. <laughs> and I have I've got at least... At least 5,000 hours, at least 5,000 hours working with that platform, probably closer to 20,000 because I started using that, oh, 30 years ago. <laughs> that is a long time. And it's the, one of the most comprehensive databases. 
and incidentally, when I do stocks in, in this fall, um, we're gonna. I, I think I'm just gonna start a small stock club. Just a couple reasons. I like it, uh, and I'm in a building now that has an auditorium that's that's free to use, <laughs> and it's very nice. <laughs> so that makes it very easy. I just go downstairs, and you know, we'll talk stocks. As uh, uh, you know, I I love looking, watching. Uh, it hasn't gotten old. Actually, they move a little faster now than they did when I first got in the business. Believe it or not, the uh, I don't know a lot of people think they're moving, you know, ten times faster. Not really. Uh, it's it's not that much faster, but it's probably forty or fifty percent quicker than they were, you know, back when I first started in the industry. When I first started, they were just bringing computers into the marketplace, and uh, it was like nineteen eighty seven was a it was, it was a computer glitch. That's why the market dropped so much in one day. Uh, computers went offline and probably, they didn't know where the prices were. They just plunged and they had to shut the whole market down. <laughs> they literally had to shut the entire stock market down and go back and reset. It still took a, uh, uh, actually a few years to recover is most people run If they've been, if they were around during that time period, they remember that the one day 20% drop. Um, but the market was already down 15% from the high that it had reached several months earlier. And you know what? That's actually not that uncommon. A 10 to 20% correction, uh, or 10 to 15% correction typically happens every 12 to 18 months. That's the average length of time. Now, sometimes you go a little bit longer than that without one. And, uh, and the correction that comes along happens, tends to be a little bit deeper. But, uh, the longer you go between corrections, the, the, the deeper they have a tendency to have been. But, uh, but the market always recovers. And why does it recover? There's a lot of reasons for that. You know, when you're reading the news, all you, well, not all year, about four to five articles are negative. And there's a reason for that. Negative news actually sells better than positive news does. And that's just a fact of life. And we just have to put up with it. You know, that that's the way it is. But if it were half as bad as the news makes you think it is, the uh, we'd be in real trouble. It's actually about a quarter as bad, <laughs> which is still a lot. I mean, you know, one out of four chance of running up on some uh, pretty hard times. That's 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 a high probability. So, uh, um, but you got to be prepared for that. And being prepared is what I was alluding to a few minutes ago. Is you need to have an idea in mind of how much risk or how much fluctuation, how much fluctuation that you realistically think you could put up with in an effort to reach your long term goals. How much. You're going to have to be down. You will not avoid being down. I have people constantly still, and I won't, going forward, I will never open an account for someone that says, I'm going to try to figure out when the market's going to go down and, and avoid it and get back in at the right time. Not with me. You won't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm over that. I think I, I got talked into it. Uh, I don't know, less than a year ago. And I'm telling you, it never goes well. The The attitude you really need to have is, yeah, stocks do better than bonds in the long run, or at least they have for the past 200 years. The uh, There are time periods where bond have, bonds have done better. Yep. But those time periods are short and they're too quick to be over with. And it's too hard to switch back and try to catch that, that rise upward. If it were that easy, we'd all be billionaires. I mean, think about that. If you could really do that that easily, everybody would be worth billions of dollars. So the the fact that there are about 60,000 organized funds, 
Those are funds. Those are people who are run. Those are uh, funds that are run by people who are professionals, people with lots of the letters after their names. That's your competition. (laughs) It's not your neighbors. It's not the news. It's the people behind the scenes that are really smart, working really hard. And there are thousands of them. So I think that one of the better things to do is today, you couldn't do this, by the way. When I first started in the industry, there were about 1,500 funds and there were 10,000 stocks. What, that for a second? 1,500 funds and 10,000 stocks. Today, there are only about 3,200 stocks big enough for a fund to be allowed to invest in. And there are literally tens of thousands of funds. Talk about a role reversal. Holy cow. And what does that mean? Does that mean you shouldn't try to invest because the smart guys know all the answers? No. The smart guys have to put up with volatile markets too. (laughs) In fact, a lot of them are causing it when they're uh, partly, not all of them. There are some, the vast majority of them out there run by a set of rules and they publish those rules. And that's what I really like about investing today. You can find out what somebody's doing with your money. When I started in this business, they were all quote unquote actively managed. Those were people would go in and in the PhDs and you know MBAs from Harvard and Columbia and all these other big time schools would go in and try to pick the best stocks. The vast majority of them ended up uh, doing fairly well, actually, and a lot better than they probably should have. Uh, but the number of funds continued to grow and grow and grow, and so instead of picking stocks. They've gotten to the point now where they use computer, they call them algorithms, they're just formulas. Uh, like I was saying, there's one that's really popular, it's a dividend. Um, I like it, I have a couple dividend funds that I use. And the fact that they are paying a dividend is just one of the factors that allowed them to be selected. Now, the, com- the ones that I'm using, the companies have actually earned more than the dividend. Think about that for a second. They've earned more than the dividend. Why is that important? Well, if you're not earning the amount that you're paying out to shareholders sooner or later, you're going to run out of money. So if you haven't earned more than you're paying on a dividend, that's a, that's a red flag. And that type of criteria gets included into uh, some of the funds that we're running for that portion of the portfolios. Depends on how old you are as to how much you have in your account uh, and what your risk tolerance is, what your financial situation is. You have to look at all that stuff. And uh, I'll come back and say, okay, this is th- this is the one we want to do. If you're younger, it's going to look a little different. If you're younger, you're going to be concentrating more on growth, uh, in size factors, and uh, that's a uh, whole different story. But that's one of the reasons that we offer free get-to-know-you meetings. You want to come in and take a look at all that stuff? I'll show it to you. Uh, there's no cost. You just have to call and set an appointment. Um, I'll get to you as quick as I can, typically within a couple weeks. You know, uh, that's almost the worst case scenario, actually. But be glad to do that. Stocks are here to stay. Uh, I know they've been doing very poorly lately, and that really shakes people up. Uh, I'm telling you, don't get shaken up. It, it's not worth it. You'll uh, uh, Stocks are going to recover. There's an awful lot of stuff going on uh, worldwide. And, yeah, it, is it bad? Yep. Is it is it the end? Nope. But uh, we will make it through there. And by the way, here's, here's another thing to keep in mind. If it is the end, is any of this going to matter? <laughs> if, if this, if this is it, if this is the big one, 
if uh, we're coming to see you, honey. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that show. But if, if that's it, then this doesn't really matter. So you may as well plan, in this case, for the recovery and the fact that the world's probably going to go on, which means that uh, you, know, you should have your allocations and you should just go check them. Uh, when we come back from the first commercial break, I'll, I'll tell you how to figure out how much money you should have invested in stocks. And you don't have to be a math expert, by the way, to do this. And it kills me that, you know, they made me take a year's worth of college level statistics. I had to take algebra, college level algebra and um, calculus to do all this stuff. And literally you can do this on the back of an envelope in about five minutes, actually less than five minutes. Once you know this, once once you know the formulas, it's really not easy. And it really ticks off those guys. When I used to show up to a lot more of their meetings just to drive them crazy. The uh, PhDs that came up with these really elaborate schemes that you know we're going to try to make you some money. But uh, and some of them were pretty good. Uh, I I have to t- say that for sure. Some of them are pretty good. A lot of them not so much. You know, and low beta. Uh, you get a low beta stock fund. Look how poorly they've done relative to an average stock fund. Um, yeah, but it's lower risk. No, it isn't. You got, they were lower, you picked lower beta stocks and then they changed. And the, the reality is you can't get rid of the volatility without cutting away a huge chunk of your returns. And then you're not even cutting away that much of the volatility. That's, that's a little nuts. Uh, I knew that beforehand, by the way, cause I had built models like that and tested them on. That's why I wasn't running them. When I see, when I saw them coming out, I was going, wow, that's not going to work real well. <laughs> And uh, didn't stop them from coming out, though. <laughs> but you so see, you get people in there, they're in their late 20s, early 30s, got a bunch of you know letters behind their names and real anxious to, to prove something to someone. And um, I know there are a lot of guys that were my age or, or older that looked at it and went, yeah, well, we'll see. And uh, we're very skeptical and rightly so. But uh, that's not a big deal, though. I mean, you could, they didn't lose money. So they just didn't do as much as they did or as they had expected to. I hear the music. I got to take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned. Thank right you, back. Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing. The summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs. And that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done. Spring means new beginnings and growth. So let's get your business's seeds planted with Salem Surround. Let us help your website bring you the leads your business needs to thrive. Let's make sure people find you faster and easier on the web. Our amazing team of media strategists are here to serve you with boots on the ground and real-world expertise. We live right here and know the communities you're trying to reach. We're media strategists, and we're very, very good at what we do. So let's grow together. Visit surroundcleveland.com today. Dennis Prager is not a fan. You know, I've never called a president a bad name in my 40 years of broadcasting. We have a thug for a president. He's always been a thug. He's the most corrupt president in American history. He's the most dishonest. There has never been a president who so divided his people as Joe Biden. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3, on AM 1420. The Answer. 
From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's Car Donation Program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today. Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off, so call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. And we're back. Hey, you know what? I forgot to tell you. I'm actually live in the studio this morning, so if you'd like to call 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. I know these are really scary times for an awful lot of you out there, and I'm here to tell you I, I do not believe that this is the end. I think things are going to come back. They're going to recover. Um, I already know that the amount of spending that's going on has been... Uh, Increased significantly. That's very important for an economy, especially in the long run. Very good for an economy, especially in the long run. Uh, there is an awful lot of inflation. The, the inflation that they have is relatively artificial. And let me show you. Let me tell you what really happens when you have high inflation like this. Prices go up a lot for whatever the reasons are, and sometimes they're they're really good reasons. Sometimes not so much. Um, a lot of the reasons we have today, pretty good reasons. When these situations end or calm down or even de-escalate by 30 or 40%, once the shipping lanes open back up again and, and things get back to uh, somewhat, they don't even have to get all the way back to normal. The profit margins on all the companies that have been affected by this are going to go up. Okay, The profit margins are going up. Now, they've raised prices. They've already raised prices. Do you think they're just going to give all that back? Really? They're going to start charging less in the future because their costs are going down? That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's just not how it happens. That's actually why uh, publicly traded stocks have a tendency to do better because they will adjust for inflation. And by the way, a lot of them are taking it on the chin right now. A lot of them are not only not making profits, they're they're actually it's costing them more to do business than the revenue that they're generating. Not all of them, thank goodness, a small percentage of them, but that's happening. Everybody's profit margins are thinner than they were before the, yeah, actually before the pandemic. So when this is over and the price increases are there, yeah, prices will come back down again. They won't come back down as much as they've gone up by. And I can tell you that the costs oftentimes do end up coming down fairly significantly and the profit margins have a tendency to expand. In the meantime, the share prices are going to fluctuate like they've been fluctuating. And that's why it's so important not to have all of your money in stocks, especially if you're going to be taking out more than 4% a year. 
if you're going to withdraw more than 4% a year, I, I know I used to say five or six. Well, that's back when you could get a uh, 6% CD. You know, big difference today versus those days. So, if, but at 4%, you should be okay. If you've got a, a balanced account in there, if you've got some stocks, bonds, cash, uh, you don't have all your money in stocks because, you know, taking a 4% out of all your money in stocks and try, by the way, 4% is what you're going to be doing today. Uh, if you've already started taking, if you've retired in the last couple of years, you're probably taking out slightly more than 4% because 4% uh, of what you started with is probably, it, you may be down well, in the last year or so. As, despite the fact that uh, market's been going sideways, it's actually gone up some, uh, a lot. Over the past 10 years, it's, it's a whole lot. And that's my point. This The market really fluctuates a lot, like a lot. It's never not going to fluctuate. Every year, a whole new crowd is turning 60. Uh, so every year, there's a new 60-year-old crowd. And if you haven't spent a whole lot of time studying this, most people can't. Most people don't have the time. That, I feel really bad for that. I, I feel like there should be something in the educational system that starts teaching right around the seventh grade or so. Because by the time you're in the seventh grade, you already know percentages. You know them really well. And that's all you need to know to do well financially. Percentages. You just have to be familiar with them. What's 10% of 100? It's 10 bucks. If you, if you uh, had to think about that for a second, you should probably practice. You know, just practice. Go through it in your head. What is a uh, 12% of 50? Well, 12% of 100 is 6, so half of 6. I, I'm sorry, 12% of 100 is 12, so half of 12 is 6. There you go. 6, six is 12% of 50. And I just did those mental games over and over and over again because in the long run, the two things that matter most about a company are how are their revenue, are, what are their sales going to be? Are they going to grow? If you can't grow your your sales or your revenues, well, the reason I say revenue, some companies don't sell a product. Some companies actually do a service for, you know, like the accounting companies. It's a service oriented business. So you've got to grow your revenue, your, whether it's you're you know, selling a product, you're providing a service that needs to grow over time, over long time periods. It's, it's essential over one or two time periods. They can go flat or you can go negative doesn't mean you're a horrible uh, company. It means your industry is going through hard times at that point in time. So, but that's the first thing you need to pay attention to. Do they have sales? What kind of sales do they have? What would be a normal profit margin? So we need sales or revenues and you need a profit margin. What does that mean? Well, if you made, if if you sold a billion dollars worth of electric cars, and at the end of the year, you had uh, 50 million left over. That's 5%. That's a 5% margin. That's actually a very good margin, by the way, for, for automobiles. You know how I knew that? I looked it up. <laughs> I just looked it up. <laughs> you guys have such a big advantage over what I did when I started because you know how hard that was to find in 1988? <laughs> no, no Google, no internet. The, uh, well, at, Al Gore had just started inventing the internet right around that time period. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a bear. I mean, it was really rough to, to try to look up that information now. And I was one of the early adopters, by the way, by 1990, the SEC was one of the first 
first uh, government agencies to have an online database so that you could go in and look it up. Almost nobody knew that, and and those that did know it didn't want to spend you know an hour waiting for the download of a, of a quarterly report uh, because that's how slow it was. <laughs> and by the way, it was all text, no pictures, <laughs> nothing, uh, but it was there. And uh, but and the same thing was true to then as it is today: sales and profit margin. If you don't have sales, you don't have a business. You have no business. It's incredibly difficult for a company that does have sales to make a uh, a, a decent profit margin. Today's market it's always been very competitive, by the way. So, but you got to have sales, and you have to have profits. And if you keep increasing those over the years, then good things have a tendency to happen. Trying to predict when they're going to happen is just—it's a fool's errand. It's just—it's it, not possible. And I don't care what the guys on Facebook say; they're selling a, a course or a book or you know video, whatever. Yeah, or they want to, you to give them some money to manage, and uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, just remember, sales and profit margins. <laughs> when you have a, a a portfolio manager, if you're talking to them or if you're talking to your financial advisors, look, what, what kind of uh, sales do you have to have to get into this particular fund? Are there uh, restrictions for funds that aren't make, earning a profit? Uh, incidentally, the, the S&P 500 doesn't require that they're earning profits. It just requires that the stock, the value of the, the stock of the company is big enough to be qualified. It is mind-boggling how well that has worked over the years because you've got companies in there that have never earned a profit that will have boosted the index. But see, the index also reduces those positions. They do not sit on them. They don't buy and hold them. They buy and manage. That's called an index fund. And most of the funds I use are some form of an index. It's They're a little more sophisticated than that. It's more than just size. You know, I'm, and why? Well, because in the long run, a lot of those funds happen to be, well, they have been a little bit less volatile. And they if you go back far enough, they actually have a better track record than the S&P 500. And I wouldn't even be upset if they were to be beaten by 1% or 2%. And here's why, because I understand those funds and I understand the risk in the S&P 500. I've seen the S&P 500 drop more than 50% twice in one 10-year time period. Anybody who's over the age of 24, 25 has actually lived through it. can't believe I'm actually saying that. Lived above the age of 24, 25. <laughs> that is mind-boggling. But uh, anyway, if, so if you have lived that long and you've seen that and you know how devastating that could be to your retirement, you go through one of those and you've got all your money in stock, you can't do that. I mean, you'll end up running out of money. So what you need is maybe... 50, 60, 70% of the money in a good diversified stock portfolio. The other 25 to 30%, I'm either using short-term bond funds, short-term treasuries, or I'm using fixed index annuities. Why am I using the fixed index annuities? Because their returns uh, are guaranteed by the insurance companies, not by the federal government. And they're substantially higher than what you'll get on a treasury uh, or a CD uh, or a short-term high-quality bond fund. So the, and it all depends on what you need. You know, if you need a good, reliable source of income, that could be a really important part 
of your overall plan. If you're very conservative, it's definitely something you may want to consider because those are relatively conservative investments. And uh, you know, when you're looking at a uh, a distribution rate, that that means let's say I put a hundred thousand in there, and twelve months from now, uh, because I'm in my mid seventies, I can take out six and a half percent, and they will guarantee that they'll give me that six and a half percent if I live to one hundred and fifty. Okay, no matter what happens in financial markets, assuming that you know nationwide's still here to pay that cash those checks, so that's that's a pretty big deal. It gives you a lot of. Uh, you don't have to worry about that money. I have it. I've hung it at, at my age. Actually, mine's three years old now. That, that That's amazing. But because uh, that product's not very old and it was relatively new. So I've got a, uh, had it and I'll be, uh, it's just something I don't have to worry about. I know what, what kind of income I'm going to get on that. Um, can't believe it's only seven years from now. Uh, that's the time period that uh, they guarantee that the income that you could get will increase in value the longer you delay it, it's kind of like Social Security. The longer you delay it, the more they'll guarantee that they'll pay. And they have a schedule of a 10-year period that's guaranteed where it increases by uh, roughly 7% each year. So if you put it off, you're going to get more money by putting it off and uh, by waiting. And so that, that that's one of the reasons I did it because I'll be – when that one matures, I'll actually be full Social Security age – and uh, I'm just going to take the income and reinvest it. <laughs> but uh, one of those guys that, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long I'll live. The uh, hoping I live, you know, kind of long. But uh, who knows? You know, it's just you don't know that. But I do know that I've got about 70% of my money uh, invested in the stock market. And I've got about 30% invested in fixed income. And I have all three, by the way. I have the short-term bond fund. Uh, I like one from Fidelity, uh, by the way. The uh, uh, I have the annuity, and I have a few treasuries. So that's how I'm rolling. And I invest in everything that I talk about uh, to my clients. I have. I think it, you should be doing that. Now I'm going to have different percentages for sure. Uh, a somebody who's you know 67, 68, or 71 or 72 does not belong in most cases 70% invested in stocks that's that that's kind of high uh you probably somewhere around 50 60% maybe and that all depends on your how much risk you're really willing to sit through or how much fluctuation you're willing to sit through how much risk you're willing to take and uh, so that's one of the reasons you, you kind of have to have a conversation with this i know there are a lot of websites on site that you fill out this questionnaire by the way nobody understands the answers to the questions and uh, that's one of the reasons that uh, the robo brokers have some uh, difficulty there because they, there's nobody on the other side listening or watching your reactions or asking more questions uh, this is the the most important thing you do as an investor is determine how much risk you're willing to take that's the most important thing it's going to have the biggest impact on everything else that you do if you come in and say, look, I cannot take any risk. I just want short-term treasuries. Okay. Well, if you can live on 2.7% or 2.8%, I forget what they are from yesterday, but if you can live on that, now think about this, 2.7, that's fine. That's a lot higher than it's been in the last few years. But on a million dollars, that's $27,000 of taxable income. <laughs> 
each year on a million bucks. Okay. You're probably going to have to do, you're going to probably going to have to invest in some stocks with some portion of your money, or you do the fixed index annuity that would give you a rate if you're in your early seventies, probably somewhere around six, six and a half. That's guaranteed until you die. You're going to have to do something other than just treasuries. And, uh, but I don't know if you can live on 27,000 bucks and you got a million dollars to invest. No problem. <laughs> just buy the treasure. <laughs> not yet. Uh, my producer said not in his life. And I, I got to tell you, not in most people's lives. Uh, 19 out of 20 people can't do that. <laughs> 19 out of 20 people are going to need a little higher return on their money than that. Uh, because they're not going to even, they're not going to be able to put in a million bucks. They, that's, a the top actually i think it's the top three percent i have to go back and look but uh i normally keep up with those stats i haven't looked at them in a couple of years as inflation comes up as the stock market gets higher i can't believe the dow's at like thirty thousand. i remember it being like two thousand uh during my career <laughs> and uh yeah it was uh that's pretty crazy um but uh, the s&p being you know multiples below where it is uh, NASDAQ, the most volatile of the three, actually, if you rebalance that one, uh, every other year or so, uh, it's got the better returns using that technique of, of rebalancing the portfolio every other year. Cause, uh, that sucker is really volatile. <laughs> it goes up and, uh, and down quite a bit, which is one of, one of the uh, things you have to look at when you're doing your portfolio is what's the volatility level. You know, it's the most important thing. How much, how much risk, how much fluctuation are you really, really willing to put up with. And I'm going to save a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of time, effort, energy, and aggravation. If you call me expecting me to be able to predict when the market's going to go up or down, don't call. Save yourself the time because nobody can do that. I'm telling you, it was hard when it was easy. There was a time period before everybody in the world had a computer and a laptop and a, and a cell phone that was more powerful than most of the, the mainframes back when I first started in the industry. And, and the, the market's changed the, the, the only thing that hasn't changed is very few, very few people back then could manage to outperform a, uh, an index by timing. There were some strategies that were available that worked very well until they didn't. And now they don't. And now they're broken. <laughs> I don't think they're ever coming back, but I hear the music. So I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. I see your pain out in the dark, out in the rain. Feel so alone, feel so afraid. I heard you pray in Jesus' name. It may be midnight or midday. It's never early. Now let's be honest. Aren't we always honest? We say we're straight talking plumbers. I meant bluntly honest. Okay, gotcha. If you're a first-rate plumber, you can write your own ticket to work anywhere you want. And we want you for why it works. So here's why you should choose us. One, no on-call. Because family time is sacred. Two, family first, and we'll work with your schedule. What good is raise a family money without quality time with the family? Three, we've got a truck waiting for you. And it's a sweet rolling warehouse of a truck. Four, mom's breakfast every Tuesday. And it's so good. Six, we're growing, and you can grow with us. You want to move up? You can with us. Seven, we'll teach you to wallack a doodle. And we'll teach you how to spell it. Eight, no on call. Uh, you already said that. Oh, because it's important. 
five, work with the best plumbers and for the best customers in Cleveland. Oh, that is a biggie. Yeah, I should have put that first. Or at least between four and six. Anyway, if that sounds good to you, hit us up at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. No doubt about it, we're spending more time at home, which is the perfect time to make it more functional and beautiful. Hi, Ed Flash Ferrance here for Artistic Renovations, Northeast Ohio's premier and award-winning remodeler. Artistic did a fantastic job with our kitchen in 2016, and last year, they were back for the master bath. Oh, my word. Do yourself a favor and go to ArtisticReno.com. Believe me, you'll love their ideas and without question the finished product. For a virtual consultation, call 216-520-0838 or visit ArtisticReno.com. Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy-efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing, 440-243-5700, or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Traded all my dark for the light Traded all my blindness for sight Traded all my pain for the gain Got a key to the gate and a seat at your table, yeah And we're back Hey, if you've heard something you'd like more information on, feel free to give me a call or go to my website. It's BullingtonCapital.com. You can call me at 330-664-0700. Um, I have one of the, uh, well, of course I think it's the easiest. I'm the one that invented it. <laughs> it's the uh, uh, a risk tolerance questionnaire. And basically I've talked about it my entire career on the radio. And I'm just so surprised that, that people haven't coming around, haven't come around to accept this. Like, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but um, because what you see from the big institutions that that I work with, you know, on a daily basis, I and it just kills me that you know they're understating the amount of of risk in most portfolios, and and, and it's true. Uh, they're mathematically they are correct, but they understand that most people don't understand the definitions that they're using and that they're being interpreted in a different way. Uh, to me, that's not that's not cool. Um, you need to know because you're going to find out once you get into financial markets, you're part of the mix and you're going to get the same thing everybody else has been getting and the thing that they're not really talking about. And that's the fact that the volatility is a part of the market and it's intense. And I know that everybody's been listening to this show for more than 20 years is probably dead tired of hearing about this, but you know what? Like I said, every, by the way, every day, there are 10,000 people that qualify for social security. And if they've been working hard, I know they have, if they've been successful at all, the, uh, and even the, a lot of the people that really haven't made much money have worked incredibly diff- hard hours and hard jobs. I see it all the time. So, um, you don't really have time to take a look, a deep look into this. And uh, it was Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch. And I know a lot of people don't even know who Peter Lynch is anymore. But uh, if you put 10000 bucks in the fund that he managed when he retired 13 years later, it was worth 300000 bucks. He's the only man in the world that's ever done that in a publicly held mutual fund. Okay, so he's number one. And uh, Warren Buffett, you probably heard of that guy. One of the wealthier guys in the country, professional investor, goes in and buys companies completely 
when he got big enough to be able to do that. But before he did that, he was actually, there was a limited partnership. It was a hedge fund. He didn't really hedge. He just was a long only stock investor. He bought stocks that he thought were worth more than they were selling for. And uh, that's basically how he did it. But both of those guys, I had quotes from both of those guys that I'd looked up back in the uh, uh, mid 80s. And they both said, if you can't stand to see the value of your stocks drop by 50% or more, don't buy stocks. I was like, what? <laughs> I went to my manager and I was is this true? Is a uh, 50%? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. He, he, he didn't want, he thought I wouldn't be able to sell anything if I knew what the truth was. And they were telling the truth because I went to the New York Stock Exchange and uh, when I was there and I uh, piled around and I asked some people, they gave me information so that I could get it from somewhere else. Because remember, you know, Al Gore had not invented the internet yet, but so you just had to do this by, you know, asking questions. And I went and looked it up and sure enough, man, the average range of the average stock on the New York Stock Exchange was 50% a year. And by the way, today it's actually 50%. It's still there. The average stock fluctuates a lot. And uh, the ones that are the really higher end, they may only go down 35 or 40%. You know, that that's, that those are the high quality stocks. And that was just such a shock. And, you know, when you get older, it's really difficult to have that kind of volatility and to be taking income out of your portfolio. You have to put it, you have to put up with it, by the way. But that's one of the reasons you don't have a hundred percent of your money in stocks. That's why you want to look at, at other options. Uh, if the average maturity of your bond fund, you go back and, and look at your portfolio, try to look up the average maturities of your bond funds. If you don't have them, I do. Shoot me an email. I'll look up the average maturity of your bond fund. If it's more than 18 months, get rid of that. It's already down a lot this year, and it's more than likely going to continue going down. Okay, so you got to get rid of that. You only want something with a, an average maturity of a maximum of 18 months. Okay, that's so... That's a big deal. Uh, it could save you a, a ton of money. If you're looking at uh, uh, treasuries, if you have access to them, that's fine. I think the two-year treasuries paying around somewhere in 2.5, 2.7, they fluctuate a little bit. By the way, that's like two one-hundredths of a percent difference. Um, it's not huge unless you've got a billion dollars and it's pretty big. But the uh, bottom line is it, it's well over 2% uh, and it's going to mature in two years. And you can sell them. You can buy them and sell them without commissions. That's pretty good. Uh, if you're looking at a fixed indexed annuity and you're in your 60s, uh, in your mid 60s, you're probably looking at a distribution rate. That's the rate, like say if you, well, let me just give an example. Let's say you had $100,000, a distribution rate was 6.5%. That would be $6,500, okay? It's actually got the highest, but there's some catches there because when you put money in there, I mean, they're expecting you to, to take that income for the rest of your life and they'll pay it for the rest of your life. It gets invested. If the investment happens to outperform that guaranteed number, then your income will actually go up. I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. Uh, that'd be like the Browns going undefeated. It could happen, but the, the probabilities are not really high. <laughs> so uh, you want that's why you want to focus on the guaranteed portion, not the investment return portion. I see that mistake all the time. And that's called wanting your uh, cake and eating it too. Uh, the, uh, the higher the guarantee on the income is, the, the less likely it is to outperform on the investment side. 
And when you've got a, a guaranteed rate that's that high, that's very difficult, very difficult to overcome or, or to, to do better then. So uh, bottom line is if, if you heard all of this and your head is spinning, when you sit down in front of me, I make it a lot easier. <laughs> if you're, you're probably in your car or at home somewhere, um, you might be listening to this on a podcast. By the way, it's, it's available on iTunes and uh, the Fishes website. Uh, so you can go back and listen to it there. Um, I try to bring out some high quality information every week. I was looking at uh, Y charts this week and uh, I lost my glasses. So I've got to get a, another set of glasses. I, I hate to tell you that, but I can't read the site unless I put my face about 10 inches away <laughs> from the screen. It's just, <laughs> and it's just not possible when I'm on the radio. Uh, so yeah, I apologize. Hopefully I'll get a, uh, another prescription pair of glasses this week sometime. Uh, yeah, good luck with that, with the supply chains. But but maybe they can even point me to some better um, just readers because this one's killing me. <laughs> and I just ordered like 14 of them through Amazon. They were just delivered, and they're all the same, and this is it. it they were very inexpensive. Now I know why. <laughs> I'm no, just kidding, but uh, at least they blocked the blue light, <laughs> which is really kind of wild. So uh, speaking of Amazon, you know, I pulled up Amazon stock just for the heck of it. So now I'm going to put my head really close to the, <laughs> to the computer and Amazon uh, right now. Oh, shoot. Actually, I got the wrong stock in there. Hang on one second. So Amazon has a market cap of $1.1 trillion. Okay, the market cap means if you added the number of shares they have together and multiplied it by the current share price, by the way, just they just split that um, so that now that the share price is down to 109, I, you know, I'm surprised they did it. Uh, I, know, I know why they do it. It makes it you know, more attractive to a lot of investors. Uh, normally when, that's, when they're trying to attract investors, that's not the best sign in the world. Uh, they may be struggling a little bit, at least in the past. You never know. Um, but the price to sales ratio, 2.359, that's really not that bad. You know, when I'm looking at that, that that's not that bad at all. Revenue growth over five years, uh, it's 28%. I think that's an average in a return. The, um, but the growth has slowed down quite a bit. The, uh, uh, Growth now is 7.3%, which is still huge. That That is huge. And I'm trying to find, the, you know, they rearrange this stuff all the time. This is one of the, my big complaints about every website on the planet. They think that changing stuff so that you have to spend more time going through the website, trying to find what you used to be able to find in a really easy spot, is an improvement in the service that they're providing. <laughs> And I think you need to have your heads examined. <laughs> revenue, yeah, so Amazon's $1.1 trillion. The revenue is $477 trillion over the trailing 12 months. For, no, $477 billion, I'm sorry. So that's not that bad of a multiple. It's it's not quite a true blue value stock, but it's really not bad. Um, you know, I got a, a phone call to answer here. If you want to call in 216-901-0945 and... Um, Feel free to give that call. Also, if, if you don't get in today, because we've only got a, a few minutes left, actually, if you don't get in today, you can always reach me in my at my office, 330-664-0700. Again, 330-664-0700, or go to my website, Bullington Capital. 
I'll be glad to reach out to you to try to uh, get there. And, and I've got uh, a caller here. I expect. Oh, that's four to miss. Okay. <laughs> we got to call for another show. Uh, and he's early, so he must be uh, anxious. So, but at any rate, I'd, I'd be glad to sit down with you. You can go through the uh, risk tolerance, uh, figure out what kind of risk that you are able to take. By the way, if you're married, you should probably talk this over with your spouse. Most of the time, if, if you're not real conversant in this stuff, it, it helps if you, you and your spouse come in together if you're planning together. Uh, but we can do it on the phone. Uh, it's, it's not that big a deal. And I can send you a questionnaire, uh, figure out how much money you're trying to take out, give you an, an estimate of what we think we might be able to do there. And none of that, <clears throat> excuse me, none of that costs anything. So the opinions are free. We manage money based on the assets that we're managing. When your account value goes up, so does our income. When your account value goes down, so does our income. I'm right there with you. So I'm going to try to do the very best I can try to get the uh, maximize the returns given the amount of risk that you're willing to take you know whatever you're willing to take we'll put it right up to that point and we're going to on the stock portion we're going to put the pedal to the metal but you might have 50% of the money in in short term treasuries or the short term bond funds you know it depends on uh your financial situation but and again we'll be glad to figure any of that out for you it doesn't really take all that long the, tar- the part that takes the longest is uh, trying to figure out what kind of risk taker you are. And I've only got about 15 seconds left, so I'll let, I'll let it go at that, and we'll pick up with that topic next week on this show. Have a good weekend, everybody. I uh, hope you have really good luck in markets, and uh, I'll talk to you again probably in about seven days. So is that it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.